Welcome to Covert Contact from Blogs of War, where each week your host, John Little, takes a deep dive into the national security, intelligence, and technology stories that are shaping our world. All right, welcome to Covert Contact, episode 113. I am your host, John Little. Uh, Scott Turbin is back on the show today. We are going to be uh, discussing uh, yet another ransomware attack. Uh, this time, a very high-profile one. Uh, Russians apparently targeted the Tesla Gigafactory in Nevada. Scott, welcome back to Covert Contact. Thanks. Good to be here. So this is, um, the, you know, this is a big one, uh, and it's a really interesting case because you know the FBI uh, got onto this one very, very quickly. So we're getting to see interesting details emerge that uh, we don't always see in these cases, actually rarely see in these cases. Yeah, the indictment document that was uh, put up on the uh, justice.gov site gives you a lot of information and yet not enough, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. It's, I mean, even, even to the point where um, you said ransomware, it's not mentioned at all in this document that it's ransomware. I mean, they kind of, yeah, they allude allude to to encryption. Yeah. So it's, it's weird, um, in that respect. And, but, you know, a lot of ransomware today is also, you know, having a, a rat kind of function, a remote control software function so they can infect, you know, pivot around a network and, you know, steal stuff, uh, before they encrypt everything. So, it is likely, but it is kind of odd that they don't call it out exactly. Yeah, I think if you can exfiltrate the data once, I mean, that can be enough, right? I mean, just uh, having your hands on it, especially when it's incredibly sensitive intellectual property, doesn't necessarily have to be locked up on the company's network, right? Right. The other odd thing was this talk of um, it was going to be like a signal-to-noise attack, which would mean that they were talking about there was going to be a DOS, a denial of service, or it looked like a denial of service to cover the actual install and maybe the exfiltration of the of the data. Right. That, that, they're not really clear on that either, but it, it was mentioned uh, by this uh, Igor uh, Kriuchkov, um in the testimony in the you know when they were. <laughs> when they were listening in on his conversation. Why don't you walk us through like the, the basic structure of, of this, like how how the attempt unfolded? Well, uh, and going from the uh, indictment document, um, somehow uh, this person who works for Tesla um, was connected with this Russian guy, Igor. Um, and they met uh, the way I read it in this document is that somebody, this guy knew hooked him up with the Russian and they don't really go into that any further than that. It's a really interesting detail. And that's the part that I was left wondering what, you know, when I, when I read through the document is, okay, how did they pick this guy? I mean, you know, they, they detail how the initial contact happened. It was, it was sort of a, seemed like a semi, like almost like a cold approach through WhatsApp. But you know, there, there's got to be more there, right? I would assume. Yeah. Um, but maybe this person just 
you know, knew somebody online in some site, chat group, whatever, playing games, who knows? And, uh, they, maybe that person originally targeted them, um, because they knew they worked at Tesla, you know, maybe they were the initial contact. Who knows? It's, it's really not within the document. And it makes me wonder like where the feds are going to go next. Right. Um, because there's, there's at least like three or four other people that are like alluded to in this document. Russians and and such. So the guy who was planning the orchestrating this flies into uh, into Nevada and meets with the uh, with the Tesla employee and and some of his friends, I guess. Um, and they go out and they sightsee and they have dinner and stuff. And um, evidently, Igor pays for everything, uh, saying that uh, you know he wants to pay them back for showing them a good time, kind of thing. Um, and and then you know refuses to be in any photos, and that should be like <laughs> right off the bat, like okay. That's my standard policy when I go out too, though. Well, you know, it, it kind of sets me off. Like, why don't you want to be in photos? Yeah, no, it's obvious he was up to to no good, and I'm sure it doesn't really say, but I imagine that those were you know fairly lavish uh, evenings or dinners or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they 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 drank until they closed the place. They said in the in the document, yeah. um, and, and and back to the whole like it's odd. Okay, so you you're a guy who works at Tesla. Suddenly, some Russian guy who somebody you know puts you in touch with comes and visits and spends all kinds of money, but doesn't want to be in photos. Luckily for for Tesla, apparently he saw the red flags. Right, and it doesn't it doesn't really allude to how he made contact with the FBI uh, or she and. <clears throat> how that all like transpired, but through through the rest of the document, it's they they evidently wired this uh, this person and you know listened in on and surveilled the contacts and he comes and goes. Uh, it's a longer you know kind of process trying to cajole this person into uh, doing what they they want him to do. And in looking at the whole thing, it just it seemed to me it wasn't wasn't one of the more subtle and professional uh, recruitments out there, right? It, it didn't seem like a state-sponsored kind of thing. This definitely seemed more like a crimeware gang of sorts. Yeah, um, but there's still things worth exploring there, right? Because you're talking about a mafia mm-hmm. state. Um, and, and so when you're dealing with the mafia, the state is not typically that far behind. <laughs> you, you just, <laughs> you have to wonder... Um, you have to wonder, you know, what what level of awareness existed here, especially going after such a uh, a high profile target. Uh, you know, all you can do is spe- yeah. all you can do is speculate, but it's there might have been at least awareness, and if not, if not up front, they would have probably had to contend with that on the other side once they completed the 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 gig, right? Yeah. Well, the the real sticking point seemed to be um, they they would make these offers these overtures of you'll get, you know, $50,000 or, you know, once the, the stakes were kind of set in, in place of what they wanted this person to do. Uh, that person said, I want a million dollars. And then it was this back and forth. And Igor was the one saying, okay, fine. I will pay you out of what I get. And, and, and yet, you know, for everything that they did, I think at the end of it, they only, 
were willing to transfer $8,000 in Bitcoin, <laughs> which to me is, is more, more like not state actor kind of level stuff where they would have the liquid cash and they would just do it, right? You know, the $50,000 shouldn't have been a problem. Yeah, but either way, like nobody really cares about hanging out this guy at Tesla, right? Like he was going to get, I mean, yeah. he definitely did the right thing because he was going to get, he was going to get screwed out of this deal if he had followed through with it. Oh. <laughs> it was Most not, certainly. It, Most was, certainly. it was not going to end well for him. Um, yeah. Well, they, they in fact said, hey, at one point, uh, you should consider someone that you don't like at the company to blame <laughs> so that right because they, they had this this grandiose plan and it and this is another thing it's not really explained how this dos was supposed to happen or this fake dos and i'm trying to figure it out it's like okay so you implant this software um so that they have network control um and they were asking for specifics on how the network worked um which to me was like, okay, you know, I understand that. But then this magical DOS was supposed to happen. And I'm trying to figure it out. Is, is it, okay, some way they're going to tunnel out to the internet and that's going to start a botnet to, you know, hit the out, outside? Or is it going to be, this software is going to, uh, you know, create some kind of DOS internally to make it look like there's a DOS attack? It really, it made no sense from a technical perspective for me. And that's why I was asking around, like, Anybody got the malware? You know, anyone done a, a analysis of any kind? You know, did the feds put it out at all? And so far, nothing. And you also wonder how much of that is accurate, um, and how much of that is just stuff. You know, stuff they were telling telling the Tesla employee, right? right? They might yeah. they might not have been able to back up as much of this as as they claimed. Although you know the FBI was very interested in you know previous actions by this group, and that was one of their main interests in wiring this guy up and you know, getting them to spill the beans on what they had done before. And on on that subject, um, it mentions that Igor said that they had been doing it for a while, and one of the last ones they hit, they actually paid four million in ransom. And I looked online, and there was a company in Europe that paid $4.5 million in July. So, I don't know. Is it the same group? It was a ransomware attack in, the, in that case. And the actors who did that are aligned with, well, let's just say Russia. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, could it be that they're just changing their, their mode of operation? Or, you know, is it... It also, I kind of wonder, is Tesla that tight with their security that they needed to get somebody on the inside to do this? Uh, that's, you know, interesting. I mean, it, it's it's always the easiest route if you can pull it off. Maybe they just thought the access was there, right, um, mm -hmm. and, and decided to go for it. But, you know, an another point worth making is these... I think to the layperson, these groups sound incredibly sophisticated um, and and capable. But just because you pull off, especially in this environment, pulling off um, uh, a few of these successfully doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're incredibly sophisticated, right? I mean, it's it's pretty easy pickings. Right. There's a lot of easy targets, and uh, a lot of this. Um, a lot of the code for this and the tools for this are in circulation and available. Oh yeah. Well, ransomware is now ransomware as a service. Yeah. Um, there's a, a recent uh, ransomware package that 
is being sold by the the creators and they're they're kind of doing a twist on the ransomware as a service that they're offering the software and then they're offering to handle all the the traffic that comes from whoever it is who decides to infect whatever company and they're going to share and it's like a profit sharing thing um so it's there's this whole arcology to it that that's really quite interesting and uh you know i found out through looking a little deeper into uh what this group might be uh some of the tactics and maybe this this 4.5 million dollar might have been a you know a hint as to maybe this is the group but um they started <laughs> like reselling bits of their uh attacks um to like outsourcing to other uh, groups so um one one uh, group gets in and they uh ransomware the the company and the company's kind of stuck so they end up paying the the unlock to decrypt all the the data um but there's two prongs to this um because they've also stolen the data that was there encrypted as well and they say okay um and in one case this actually happened they they said okay well they paid the the unlock but they didn't pay us to not dump the data online so they sold that off to another group called the maze group and the maze group started hitting the company saying hey nice data you got there it'd be a shame if it was on the internet <sighs> so yeah it, it's it's this cartel mentality now it's pretty crazy not something you want to get involved in um you know looking for a quick buck or collaborating with these um these groups is uh, i mean it's a good way to end up in jail and you also might end up dead in a ditch somewhere like depending on, on how closely you collaborate with these folks um yeah and it's see here's where it kind of um, touches on the old school espionage type of stuff where you'd have you know women sidling up to people who work at you know some aviation company yeah. at, you know at some bar and trying to elicit um, information from them or get into a relationship with them to get them in a compromising position to place them to be able to, you know, steal data or do whatever. And that has never really been on the forefront of people, you know, at least in the, like the security IT world that I'm aware of, where they're worried that this could happen from just a bunch of guys in Russia who are ransomware guys. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so while this, this was very tame, um, you could maybe foresee them pulling the same kind of stuff with um, a honey trap or, you know, just out flat out, right. Threatening your family or something. Right. I mean, mafia is going to mafia, right? <laughs> so Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, these are all good points. Um, they're pulling from a toolkit, whether it's, uh, uh, organized crime or, you know, even from, you know, like espionage tradecraft, um, uh, that's, you know, very old and very well established, very well understood. And, uh, traditional infosec doesn't really think about a lot of that as much as maybe it should. Yeah, actually, uh, there, there is a talk that was being given by uh, Lady Red Six um, at DEF CON and some of the other cons. And she pointed this out uh, a couple of years ago. She started doing this talk about how she she actually ran into a, a company doing red teaming that 
actually did kind of a honey trap um, on a guy to get his uh, domain admin creds. Um, and but it was, it, she's like, <laughs> you may not think this will happen to you, but this company. It, it, slightly illegal it sounds like but they were doing this and they actually got the creds from one individual because this person had uh walked into his hotel room he was somewhere and there was some woman on his bed half naked and they they had wired the place for for video and even though he walks in he says who are you they already had him a still of him in the room with the woman you know and said we're going to go to your wife you're going to destroy your life Give us your domain admin creds. So, oh, man. you know, be, be aware. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some level of awareness is there, but it's, it's just, it's really hard for people to stay in that headspace where you have to sort of be persistently aware that people will go to the links that they will to get whatever you know, right? Like there's always, there's always right. just sort of this, this, uh, human nature to think that's probably somebody else they're going to go after not me i i know how boring my job is but it's not your job and it's not you it's uh it's what you have access to and all it has to do is get on a list and people are going to come after it it can be the strangest things like you know we talk about william tucker on the show the other day it can be a paint formula doesn't matter uh if it's a paint formula worth a billion dollars then somebody's going to come after it in in this case the I think they thought they were going to get like four million out of out of uh, Tesla potentially. That's where they were going to ask for. In this case, they're just cutting straight to the chase and going for cash. But yeah, and so I I would think because it's Tesla, because it's this whole movement toward energy efficiency kind of stuff. I mean, what else are they working on in there that might be of interest as well? Well, that that's the thing. Um, that's the thing that hit me too. Is I mean. Yeah, they're a juicy target from a financial perspective because you know they have the ability to pay. But you also, I mean, my first thought was, okay, what else are they after? Who else is involved with this group, whether inspiring them or collaborating with them? I mean, you just have to wonder if there's not an intelligence angle to this on some level. Yeah, and that's where the nebulousness of these other players comes in. They've got this Kissa and Pasha and Sasha. There was also mention in there that when they were talking about transferring bitcoins and creating a wallet, doing stuff, they mentioned exploit and a site exploit or a software exploit. Um, the only one that comes to mind for me is exploit.in, which is heavily Russian, and they could have set up accounts through there to do that, but that's yeah. all supposition but it, it's really you know kind of kind of tracks with um these kind of cats who are doing this kind of work this the uh, malware development and we've talked about it before but uh if you're a u.s citizen and you're accepting cryptocurrency for criminal activity which this guy didn't do make that clear but um it is not the uh it's not the get out of jail free card that you think it is uh <laughs> No. In fact, it's probably you know, you know. I, I, it was interesting. They offered him a, a, a range of methods of payment, and you know, I think to the non-technical person, like setting up a Bitcoin wallet with Tor and getting cryptocurrency sounds like a, a free pass, but uh, it's probably the fastest way to jail. 
uh, because you have to convert that to U.S. dollars at some point. And if you're dumb enough, like so many criminals have been, to uh, to go straight to Coinbase or someplace like that, you're done. I was I was looking at that too when they said they they had him set up Tor on the phone and create a wallet. I'm like, yeah, you think that's secret, but yeah. no, yeah, that's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's uh, OPSEC, uh, OPSEC from 4chan or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was like, man, I was reading through the options. I was like, man, take the cash. Take the cash. <laughs> like, right, yeah. But they also they also couldn't get the cash over. Like, the Igor only brought 10 grand. That was one of the things. That, like, give me, give me this. Give me the 50,000. Well, I brought 10. They'll have to figure out how to get the money to them. And then they started talking again about yeah. transferring Bitcoins and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Checks in the mail. <laughs> go, uh, go to this rock. Underneath the rock, you'll find your pile of money. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, really smart of this guy. Uh, uh, well, unless, again, we don't really know exactly how he ended up collaborating with the FBI, but either way, it was a good move. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the indictment document does say that the, the person involved, you know, freely did this out yeah. of patriotism and, yeah. uh, you know, so, you know, they kind of made that clear, but, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> imagine you're, you listener out there, <laughs> you work for some company and some guy named Igor shows up, takes you to dinner, you know, wines and dines you, I'm surprised there was no strip club involved, but anyway, you know, takes you wines and dines and then says, Hey, I want to do this, this thing. You know, how does that person then get in touch with the FBI? Like, okay, what's the local field office, you know, yeah. <laughs> walk in. I mean, that's, that's a daunting thing. It is. Uh, but if you have a good head on your shoulders, uh, you know, finding yourself uh wine and dine by, uh, Russian criminals is even more daunting <laughs> if you if you mm. have, if you have any clue at all right like that's that's pretty terrifying yeah uh, and you know I had the same thought as you uh, I would do, do we don't know that a strip club wasn't involved because if I had to put money on it <laughs> I imagine there was right it, yeah it wasn't called <laughs> out specifically <laughs> yeah. but you know, it, it's in the back of your head, right? As you're reading it, going, "Yeah, they went to a strip club." Yeah, I know that. no, it was you totally, know. it was totally in the back of my head. <laughs> uh, I mean, some things never change, right? You know, it's the standard operating procedure, and you see it in the movies all the time, right? But yeah, so I think that you know, anybody listening to this who, you know, if you're thinking about this in the future, like, oh my God, what would I do? Um, you know, I would go to your security. Uh, within the company first, right? Uh, there's got to be somebody. Uh, hopefully there's like a CISO, uh, somebody around who's handling the security that you could go to and say, look, I got approached, you know, and then they would make the call to the FBI and have the FBI come out and, you know, all that would go down that way. But I suppose you could just go do a walk-in. Um, yeah, well, you know, I've, I think yeah. it depends on on the company, the size of it, uh, your 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 level of comfort in dealing with management could could play a role in that. You really can't go wrong by giving the FBI a call, and uh, uh, they'll know how to take it from there, and they would know how to coordinate with your employer. But yeah, in a large company that's security aware, 
uh, I would imagine a place like Tesla, um, you know, uh, approaching discreetly approaching your security folks. Like you might not even want to put that in email, uh, because especially if you're worried that they've already possibly penetrated your network or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, the key is tell somebody. Yeah. And it's definitely a in-person conversation kind of thing. Yep. I I mean, the FBI knows how to handle those. That's what they do. Um, yep. Uh, and, uh, well, you know, there's so many variations, but uh, it's uh, if you think you're, you know, if you're you're worried that you're going to get in trouble, or you think you might have done something, some minor thing that put you in the position to be exploited like this, the uh, the outcome is almost certainly still going to be better for you if you immediately contact the FBI. Yeah, but you know, this kind of goes back to once again what we talked about the last time: how much are you putting out on the the internet, what you do, where you work maybe you're saying things about money being tight or, you know, you're unhappy. People pick up on this stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, he was clearly uh, targeted in some way, but, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate too much on, on, on why. Um, uh, but, you know, if you work at a place like that, these high profile companies, there are a lot of them, you know, it's just really hard for people to, to appreciate how much, uh, governments and criminals around the world, how much attention they paid to that and, and the links they would go to, um, you know, to get a piece of it, whether it's a, whether it's a ransom attack or going after the data or just flat out doing the company harm. Right. Because there's also a competitive thing here. Um, mm-hmm. These outfits could just as easily uh, uh, collect a payment um, from a competitor or, or even a government um, that just wants to go in and trash a company's network and slow down the competition. Yeah. Yeah. Economic espionage, economic, you know, warfare, uh, whether it be state faction or, you know, just company on company. I mean, kind of, you know, for, for people in the, uh, the hacking InfoSec community that they might think in the back of their heads about, uh, you know, the Gibsonian kind of, we have been fighting against each other, you know, one farm co against another kind of thing. Right. You know, when that, when you talk about that, but it really does happen. Yeah, it does happen. And it's also less likely to be, um, super technical elite hackers and more likely to be, uh, basically, uh, have mobsters in the mix. Mm-hmm. All you need is, you know, an admin person with access, you know, with that, with that domain admin needs you, you could get on any system, you know? So, and there's still, that's all you need. Yeah. And there's so much, um, there's so much skill, um, in, in Russia available for hire too. Right. Like that's, that's really kind of how we ended up in this position is the number of really skilled technical people, um, who have, you know, trouble making ends meet in Russia. And, And this is a problem across a lot of skilled domains in Russia. And, uh, you know, um, it's pretty easy for mob bosses over there to uh, to hire them and put them to work. Oh yeah, making a lot more money than they would um, as an admin at some mid-sized company somewhere. Yeah, well, people people of that that caliber also can you know come in and out. They can be doing their own thing, or you know, I, I've seen a lot on the, the the infrastructure in Russia of how the the criminal meshes with the state and some of these hackers are, you know, they can go do their own thing, 
um, as long as it doesn't interfere with the state, you know, what they're doing. But if the state says, I need you to do this thing, you know, they do that thing. Otherwise, the other stuff that they're doing, they could be uh, thrown to the wolves on. Uh, that's what I was saying earlier, right? Like this might not have been, uh, you know, had the direct hand of the state involved in it, but it seems unlikely that somewhere along the entire life cycle of an attack against Tesla, that some components of the Russian state would not have awareness of that, right? Oh, yeah. No, I, if if in fact they had anything to do with like exploit.in, um, there's state actors on that for sure. Yeah. So the cross-pollinization is always there. Um, yeah, and like you said, it might have been a tacit nod, go ahead and do this thing. Yeah, it's real hard to characterize what that awareness would be. Um, just, you know, I guess my point is it's just unlikely that it happened in in a vacuum. Um, and, you know, again, that's the whole thing about a mafia state. The two are joined at the hip. Interesting times. But this is, a, this is actually the first one I've seen uh, where you've got an actual recruitment of somebody in the company that's, you know, at least – in an indictment, right? Well, I mean, most of them just don't amount to anything, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to get these guys. And this is also unusual in the sense that we have, um, you know, captured them actually putting somebody on the ground and doing a, a face-to-face recruitment. Like, that's incredibly rare, too. During a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? It's, we forget about that, right? Um, yeah, no, it's uh, an interesting case, and who knows? Maybe it'll uh, it'll lead to other cases. Uh, as you said, there might be more more details uh, on the fringes of this that we're not aware of. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some future movement down the down the line. The FBI putting out some names and saying, you know, we we want these people in connection. You know, the little uh, <laughs> top ten kind of thing. We'll see. So, uh, today's lessons are, let's see, let's go down the list. Uh, do not accept Bitcoin for, uh, payment for criminal activity. Uh, if you, if you're at a conference or business travel and you walk into your hotel room and there's a half naked woman on the bed, immediately run in the other direction. Um, always, (laughs) right. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and, um, when in doubt, call the FBI. Hell yeah. Immediately. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, just a little sideline. Um, going to DefCon Black Hat every year, this kind of stuff's got to be on your mind if you're working in that sphere, right? A hundred percent. And I'm always surprised at the people who aren't thinking that way. Well, no, right? everybody's but, getting everybody's getting trashed, and and uh, a lot of folks are sleeping with each other, and I mean, mm-hmm. potential for exploitation there is off the charts. Uh, of course, that was all pre-COVID. Uh, so now, you know, <laughs> now you just have to worry about somebody recording your Zoom chat. Yeah, I don't think uh, DEF CON safe mode was a real uh, recruitment type of event today, you know, this last month. So I think we're good. But as soon as we're back in, um, you know, face-to-face mode. Uh, it's going to be wilder be than ever. Game, oh, yeah. Game on. People are going to be making up a lot of time. So, <laughs> you know. Have a have a thought about this when you're <laughs> when you're out drinking like a fool and making yourself a fool at uh, in Las Vegas at Def and Black Hat. You never know who's the the blonde talking to you, right? Or the you know the guy. You just don't know. 
All right. Well, that's a, uh, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. I'm glad we could finally get a chance to talk about this. Uh, I would have talked about it the minute it dropped, but it's been a fairly crazy week on this end. I don't think it's much slower for you, but if uh, we see more details on this, we might circle back and talk about it again. Um, it doesn't seem impossible that there could be additional detail on this dropping at some point. Uh, if not, oh, yeah. uh, I know you'll be back again to talk about some other InfoSec stuff. So thanks for, uh, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to Covert Contact from Blogs of War. This podcast is produced, written, and hosted by John Little. Follow John on Twitter at Blogs of War and join the conversation with hashtag CCBOW. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.